Tutors of Life podcast, where we research life so you don't have to. Episode 139, this is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Yeah. Um, Well, we just came back from an amazing event. Ah, we didn't come back. We are on the car ride, so I'm not promising about the quality of this video. Video? Episode. The sound. I'm not promising the quality of the sound. Yeah. I think it'll be okay. So yeah, we're in the car on our way back from Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. And we have Kyle Tudor here as well. Hello, hello, hello. Sean, what event did we go to? We went to... Arate Syndicate by Andy Frisella and Ed Milet. Yes. And how, on a scale of 1 to 10, how badass was it? I was trying to think of, like, another event I've been to as, not in, like, comparison, but in, like, the, um, the amount of I would say, like, the vastness of knowledge in not one area. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, so I went to Logan Rankin's event, which was phenomenal, and it was just, like, a shit ton of knowledge and practical application for real estate. Yes. Which was super – it's a phenomenal, phenomenal course. I plan to attend next year. Logan's amazing. Um but the thing that was really cool about this event was there was like that there was like a level of knowledge like that but over like multiple areas yes um and like philosophical areas and stuff um it was it was less of a so i guess let me later i guess it was less of a action on how to do a certain thing like real estate and it was like actionable skills to do to perform in multiple facets of life um and like how to keep your attitude in the right spot your emotions um and things like that to perform your skills which then those those more fine skills would be like what i would have learned at the ranking event yeah i it was cool because it was just like a good like I would say motivational event for entrepreneurs. Oh very, yep, very. It and wasn't rah rah. It wasn't rah rah, but it was very motivational. Yes. Um and it kind of like they went into it like why it's so good to have people like us in the country, really, right now. Yeah, yep. Um and I don't know. It was just really cool. I thought they, like, broke it down in such a good way to really go into, like, the philosophy of how to be a better entrepreneur, why you're an entrepreneur, and then to, like, remind you of your purpose. Yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah, without without giving away, like, what they talked about in the event or didn't the event, it was more of, like... We have an obligation as U.S. citizens and as people to perform at our highest level for our country and everybody around us. Yes. 
that was like I guess that was like the overlining theme is like we have an obligation to be great. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Kyle, what you got from it? What'd you like? Um, I liked how Ed Milet was talking about telling people about themselves, like tell them good things to reassure them. Tell tell your kids. You're beautiful, you're hardworking, you're awesome, you know, tell, tell them things like that. Obviously not negative things. Because, um, you know, that boosts people's confidence. When you, have, when you have high confidence, you're happier, you make everyone else more happy, more confident. Everyone's, everyone's in a better position if everyone's confident. Beauty. Yeah. That just goes in that that like ties that was the start to help tying the whole theme of like it's our duty to be good people and do that like reaffirm people, tell people, let them know how great they are and shine a light on them to as like our obligation. Right. And like it reminds you to find the positive in everyone. Yeah, instead of looking at everyone's negatives, look at everybody's positives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just loved it for the fact, like, as, like, good motivational speakers, they can't tell you straight up, like, what you need to do to be better. They do it in a way that, like, it forces you to think about, like, what they said and how you can apply that to your life. Or, like, what you can do in your life to go with that philosophy. You know what I mean? Yes, very big. Yeah, so, like, um, I so that's how that's how CCV is, so Clear Calculated Vicious with Rob Bailey. So I am in that group. And a part of being in that group is, like, and, and I talked to a lady and she said Arate is, is very similar to this. There's a weekly call and you watch the weekly call and they give you information in that weekly call. It is then your duty or like your part in that is to unpack what they teach you and and like review it on how it could apply to your life. And then once you see how it could apply to your life, you then are able to implement it, right? Or or do the do the actionable steps to maybe do the the homework they give you or whatever right right and so i guess how that's different i'll say how that's different and how that's the same so when we had one-to-one coaching with josh and audrey we could straight up ask them like what do you think about this like are we on the wrong track is this a bad idea this is like you know this is our question right and how it's similar is they a lot of the times would ask us what we thought and they'd let us talk and try to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. But there was some times when we would like be kind of far off or something and they'd be like, yeah, guys, this probably isn't a good idea. Um, and so that's that's where it's different is they could tell us like, hey, that's not how you should, you should interpret this. Right. Um, and so I think it's kind of, it, it's just a different a different way to one-to-one coaching and it's kind of cool that like you have to use your skills to like see how it 
it would implement in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It just, throughout the day, I was, like, writing notes on, like, what I want to do for Tutors of Life um, or just in general in, like, life. And it was just so, I don't know, it was just so neat. Very eye-opening, I would say. Yeah, another thing that was cool is, so there was 2,500 people there. And everybody we met was nice. Everyone, yeah. Every single person. I mean, we we probably talked, we only talked to about 10 different people um, for, we talked to 10 different people for more than like a hello. Um, And all 10 10 of them were just nice people, good people. Um, And that's what they even said at the event is like how, just how crazy it is that you can get 2,500 people in one room. And they're respectful, mm-hmm. they're professional, they push in their chairs, they keep the place clean. Um, that there's like how uncommon it is to have 2,500 people in a room that all have high standards. Right. Um, and, and, and to think, and, and this is something they said is like, there's 2,500 people in that room and then probably a couple thousand watching, maybe a thousand watching on the live stream. Uh, one of the things they like said was, okay, now could you imagine if all of you people in this room had the same standards we did? Because uh, one big thing they talked about at Nandy is they have been us. There was a point in their journey when they had similar standards to us, right? Right, yeah. Um, and then they had they made that change, the, the discipline change, the standard change to then reach their higher level self. Um, and they keep they keep working on themselves to get higher and higher. And so to think if you could take a room of 2,500 people and we could reach that level of discipline and standard as them and act on it for 20, 30 years, we would then be at a similar level of success, not necessarily revenue success, but like a, like a culture success, a, a mentor type of success. Yeah. Um, and so that was a, a cool thing to think about, right? Because if two people are influencing, let's say, 3,500 people, and, and then that 3,500 people in the next 30 years had the same standards or reached the same standards as them, for every two people, they would reach 3,500. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the exponential growth there is just absurd, crazy. Oh, yeah. And, and what, what kind of impact that could have on the culture of the U.S. and and I guess just the culture of the world in general with, with that amount of people. Yeah. I love how, um, like, realistic they are, too. Like, they're very just upfront about everything. They don't sugarcoat anything. Uh, and I just, I love that because it's like, you know they're themselves. And they're not, like, bullshitting you or anything. There was zero sugarcoating. At the event. It was wonderful. Yep. They they straight up told, like, they talk right to the crowd, like, hey, guys, a lot of you aren't living to your highest self. A lot of you are fucking off and, and all this. And a lot of you just plain and simple don't want it. Um, statistical, you know, 80%. It was, it was something like 80, 90% of you will not reach. Uh, an individual asked a Q&A question. Uh, uh, Q&A. And he asked a question i'm so stupid sometimes there you go. so he asked a question during q a and 
uh, I think it was Andy, was just like, yeah, realistically, stats-wise, 80% of you will never even make it to where this guy is. <clears throat> and he's like, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not being, like, that's not me putting you down. You know, he's like, that's just facts. Like, that's stats. And so he's like, you all could, you all have the potential to every single one of you in this room have the potential to, but you won't do it because of your, like your mental, your mental state will not bring you there. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It was just, I'm still just so mind blown by it. I'm like speechless from it. And that was yesterday. Yes. And one thing with like this event, and this was the same thing with Rankin event and and Sam and I were just looking at my notes from the Rankin event. Oh, like we, we came across it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Is that um I bet you I took I bet you I took fifteen pages of notes in six hours. Oh yeah, you took a lot. The reason being is like I was there and I was letting the energy and the atmosphere feed into me, right? Yeah. But I was not just there for the feeling, for the look, to put post a picture on social media. That was the last reason I was there. I wanted to be in that room. I wanted to see those guys because I've idled those guys for many, many years. And I took notes on everything they said that I want to remember. Yeah. Or like, because I will be able to go back into these notes. And Sam and I, with our with my notes, whenever I go do stuff with my notes, we put it in a big Excel. So I'll be able to go back on all these notes I have and check, like, whenever things are getting slow in my life, I can go back and look, okay, this is what they said to deal with this shit. And it's just a good, I got 15 pages of reminders mm. of how to, like, be a better, higher standard person. Mm. And we, like, period, yeah, like you said, we periodically go through them. I was just going through my notes for, uh... Slightly off topic. Uh, for reading um, Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. And one of the things in there was about the decision journal. Remember we yes, started yes, that? Yes, 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 And I was like, man, I think we put recently put a decision in there like a month ago. But we honestly should, like, look at those, like, once a month just to see, like... Those, remember what things we decided those things um and uh some people talk about it we either have to have them posted somewhere that we can look at them every day or and we need to start doing our weekly and monthly meetings where we review that shit every yeah. week to month because uh i think it was like uh i think rob was saying him and dana do a weekly meeting I mean, yeah, you and I have discussed doing a bi-week, or not bi-weekly, oh, twice a week. Even if we did a weekly meeting. Yeah. Just to go over, like, personal and business. Yeah. Every week. Sean and I have a bad habit of putting stuff in our phone calendars and then not looking at it. So, like, every day I'll be on my way home and call Sean, and then you'll be like, oh, well, I have to go tour this house at this time, and I'm like... I didn't know about this, but it was in the calendar, so I technically did know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about having meetings on, like, Sundays or Mondays, so we can uh, both discuss what our weekly schedule looks like and 
what we both have planned on what to do. Um, and Sean's been doing uh, these top three priorities a day um, recently, which has really helped him actually like get shit done. And so we're both going to do it. I think we're going to write it on our whiteboard every the night before the morning of so we can both keep track if uh, the other got their stuff done or not. Yeah. I'm going to keep using my sheet because it works really well. Well, yeah. I figured you could use your sheet, but then also write it on the board. Sure. Um, yeah. No. Just so that... Uh, but to like review that every week and then every month mm-hmm. is a really good idea. Otherwise, the decisions we made, we're going to forget them in the decision. That's the whole premise behind the 12-week year. Is then shit's at the front of your mind. Yeah. Otherwise, you write you write at the beginning of the year and you don't ever review it. Yeah. Where the twelve week year, you're reviewing it every single week. Every single week, you're reviewing it, and you're doing that over the course of twelve weeks. Right. Um, instead of writing something down and then reviewing it, eleven to twelve months later. Right. Um. So yeah, Sean and I, I, I mean, I kind of want to go to more events like this. And this is my first one, like first one like this. Yeah. Yeah. Sean's gone to two now. Two, three, two. I legitimately don't know. Shows how much we pay attention in our lives. Yeah. Um, but every time, I mean, we both have come back with really good ideas and. It's a good motivation starter. Like, I wouldn't say... It, it's not the source of our motivation, but it is, like, a good little push. It's definitely not the source of motivation. It's good to see that many people who are similar. Yeah. So, it's good. Like, that was when I had my call with Rob Bailey. That's that's one thing I... Like, the biggest thing I took from my call with Rob Bailey was how nice and cool he was Mm -hmm. and like his how how much humility he had and how respectful he was and i was like damn if i was to hang out with a dude like rob bailey my level of self so like my thermostat would get cranked the fuck up yeah oh yeah like by being around you know the the 2500 people in there um ah I would say if you took the people that are actually in Arate, um, so probably maybe like half those people would be like, if you hung out with them, your thermostat's going to get turned up. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, a lot of the people we acquaint with, our thermostat isn't getting turned up. It's usually getting turned down. Yeah. Um, And that's one thing I thought about like a lot was... It's not about the wealth per se. Um, it's a. I think it's more about like the, the the quality of person you're hanging out with. Oh yeah. Like how many? Yeah. So like, at my let, let me tell you about you. So he's te- you know like, hey, you're a great person. You you're gonna do great things. You're so strong. You're so smart. You're so handsome, right? He tells that to all of his friends. How many people in your life do that to you? Zero. Yeah, none. And so it's like that kind of that kind of 
environment is very different. So being in that environment is what I'm saying is like to, to see that there's so many people like that makes you realize like, yes, chasing stuff and going through challenging hard times is so worth it to be around people of a higher standard of a higher quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's my take on like why I think that event was so cool and so important. What do you think, Kyle? You want to chat something about it? Yeah. I, uh, another big thing I took from it was they were saying how everyone's going to die, but you kind of live your life not really thinking about it and, uh, thinking like, you know, I'm not going to die. Everyone else can die. I'm not going to die. Well, we're all going to die. And what do you want to leave behind? Do you want to be remembered as somebody awesome, somebody who helped others out? Or do you want to be left be, or, you know, do you want to be remembered as a scumbag or a liar or, you know, somebody like that? So they basically said just do what you can with your time and you don't know when you're going to die. It could be in 50 years. It could be in five hours. You just don't know when. So you might as well be a great person now so that, you know, that's how you go down. Your legacy. You remember it as someone great. Mm. It makes me really want to, like, push more now, right? Because what if what if something does happen, like, tomorrow? So right. if I push more now, then that's a little bit further for Sean to take over. Yeah, because Ed had a good story about his a uh, comedian. He saw a comedian on Netflix. He's like, oh, man, I have to get this guy on my show. Got him on his show. Um, show worked out great. Um, the comedian, his numbers went way up. Ed's numbers went up. You know, it was just awesome for both the guys. And then it was what like a day later or something a week guy, later a week later uh the guy died he just died and he was pretty young so but you know the success and everything how nice he was now he's going down as a uh you know a good man instead of you know what he could have if he was not trying to be an excellent person And that goes back to, uh, we, we've talked about it before. Um, it was one of the first things Josh and Audrey had us do. Um, oh, yeah. Which was our writing our obituary. Essentially what it is, is writing your life how you want it to be on your deathbed. And so they had us write it how it is now. Like if you were to die today what your obituary would sound like and then your ideal obituary what it would sound like on your deathbed Mm -hmm. and then you write that and now you fucking start from the end now you create your life you know so i had i was dying at like 95 so now i'm zooming out 70 years and i'm writing my life starting now for the next 70 years and so that way you can reach your ideal self 
But if you don't start with the end in mind, you don't know where you're going. You don't have the roadmap. So you like, you need to see the end so that you can write your roadmap. Mm. Um, yeah, when we, like this week, I really want Sean and I to kind of go back, look at our visions, uh, probably tweak them quite a bit, actually. Uh, I think this event probably gave us both different um, ideas, probably, of where we want to go with things. And it just, I mean, it goes back of thinking what we want people to see us as when we die. Yeah, yep. And it's, um, the obligation thing was really cool to me because a lot of the times we try to get out of the hard stuff or move away from the hard stuff, but the hard stuff is what makes us like, makes us who we are, makes the story, um, and so a, a lot of, I guess a lot of the stuff on my vision is like me after the hard stuff. Um, and I think a more realistic version of just is like writing myself into the vision of still being in the hard stuff. Because if you aren't going through the hard stuff, you're not growing. Because you grow so much more during hard times. That's like failure. You, you learn your shit in failure and that's how you succeed. So like if you're no longer failing if you're no longer going through hard times you're dead yeah like you're your role in society you're not growing as a person you're not growing as a business you're just dead well that's um, what andy but, said too was uh if you want to be an entrepreneur uh be, like you're always going to be in tough times or you're always going to have some sort of stress or problems like that's just the name of the game so might as well yeah like you said write it into our vision because it, it'll probably always be there if we want to keep going down these career paths yeah absolutely yeah it, the the hard times are non-negotiables they're going to be there forever yeah um and so yeah that's that's there's a lot of good shit to unpack but those are a couple of things that i i really liked um and will make me think about living life a little different yeah. To a, to a higher standard. Oh, definitely to a higher standard. Yeah, the next couple of weeks, I think we'll have some podcast topics that we kind of got out, or uh, just thoughts we came up with while at this event. Um, so you'll hear more things of what Sean and I personally took away from it um, in the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, for sure. So, main thing think about what uh, you are leaving behind when you die. Yep. Write your vision based off of what you want your life to look like or people see you as when you die. Yep. Um, be more positive. Yes. And fucking just get after it. It is our obligation to be better people. 100%. That's what I got for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, catch our blogs this week, which I have no idea what they'll be on. Cool. All right. Peace. See ya.